Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So did Mitch McConnell step in it? It's an interesting question. I've got the full audio unedited to share with you. The question from Jonathan Swan of Axios to uh, the Senate Minority Leader about Donald Trump. It is remarkable to me that people at, at this stage of the political game can engage in conversations and not understand how the question may come back. Look, sometimes it's surprising. Sometimes it's shocking. Sometimes it's very obvious that the reporter isn't a reporter. The reporter is just nonsense. And that should be said and that should be stated. I want to share this with you. Because you got to be able to answer questions about your own position. The question is, to whom are you answering the question? To somebody who is a, a political enemy, who would never answer the question themselves, who would always tell you, how dare you ask the question? Oh, that's just a gotcha. But somehow, because of your position, possibly the position of the political right, you have to answer the question. And if you don't, well, haha. No. No. But you must take a look at these things honestly and clearly. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, what is going on? 833 got Tony. That's the number. 833-468-8669. And I have some more audio about Pete Buttigieg. Just make you just make you scream out loud. I want it said for the record that I said when he was running for president that he was smarmy. And I was right. I will always be right on that subject. He's a smarmy dude. Now, just because someone's a smarmy dude doesn't mean you don't vote for them. You could still like his policies and think he's a smarmy dude. I like a lot of Donald Trump policies. He rubs me the wrong way. Not every time, from time to time. But that's okay. I'm not looking for a boyfriend or a husband. Not my interest. I'm looking for somebody who will do the job and get the hell out of my way so I can go about my life. These are the things that matter to me. What can I say? I'm a simple man. Mitch McConnell is at an event in D.C. where uh, you, you have uh, Jonathan Swan of Axios asking the questions. Right? So, so uh, he, he, he it's, I, I forget what even the, the original topic w was about. I, I have absolutely no clue what the original topic was about. But it gets to the idea of moral red lines, and Jonathan Swan wants to know where are Mitch McConnell's moral red lines? Moral red lines, where do you draw them? Um... I'm perfectly comfortable with the way I have conducted my political career, and uh, I'd be happy to respond to any specificity you want to apply to the term. What was it? Moral red lines. Moral red line. The question at that moment, if you've had any experience in the political world whatsoever or in being a human being, you know that that question is more than likely to be followed up by because you said 
or because one time you believed there was a moment in your history that you espoused. You knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. It's like when your girlfriend said, so what'd you do last night? She's not asking because she wants to know. She's asking because she knows. So here's the question about your moral red lines. There should be red flags going up freaking everywhere. You know what's coming. Let it continue. Yeah. Well, let me give I'm you... very comfortable with my moral red line. Let me give you one specific. Help me understand this. I watched your speech last year in February on the Senate floor after the second impeachment vote for Donald mm-hmm. Trump. And it was an extraordinary speech. You spoke very powerfully against the most powerful figure in your party, the the president. Um, And you said Donald Trump's actions preceding the January 6th insurrection were a, quote, disgraceful dereliction of duty, and that he was practically and morally responsible, morally responsible, your words, for provoking the events of that day. How do you go from saying that to two weeks later saying you'd absolutely support Donald Trump if he's the Republican nominee in 2020. I can answer this question in two notes. I can answer that. That was a name that tune reference. I can answer that question so quickly and so easily. How did Mitch McConnell not know that that was coming? Let's go, let's take it a step back. How did Mitch McConnell not know that question was going to come when he said the dopey line, morally responsible for January 6th. I swear to you, I don't even know what that means. I do not know what it means to say that he is morally responsible for January 6th. I don't don't know what to do with that information. That was a line utilized in in terms of the, the entirety by Mitch McConnell, I believe, as a mistake. For whatever reason he wanted to make that proclamation, that reason was not based on anything political because it would have been given this way. I'm disgusted by what I saw on January 6th, and I got to tell you, I am disappointed with President Trump, and I'm just going to leave it there. I don't like what I saw. No one should like what they saw. I'm disappointed and I am all about moving on to the next thing. And that's where you leave it. Because you're allowed to be disappointed. If you ask me what I saw, I will tell you exactly what I said on air. That you're going to impeach Trump. What was it? Was it was an obstruction of justice? I forget what they even called it. If you had gone for dereliction of duty... You could have gotten somewhere, but you never would have been able to impeach him. But if you censured him, you would have had it. You would have had it. I did not like the fact that the vice president was under attack and nothing was done. Bothers me because I think there are systems and I think those systems have to matter. They have to matter. That was my take. If you say to me that that somehow does away with the reduction of regulations, that does away 
with a booming economy and a belief in America. That does away with the fighting against those who lied about him for three years. Well then, that's too easy for you and I won't give you that break, so stop. If you ask me about moral red lines, how could I support Donald Trump after saying he was morally wrong? I'll say to you, if I'm Mitch McConnell, remember, I didn't say these words. Mitch McConnell said these words. I'll say to you, I was absolutely disgusted by January 6th. And I have real issues with President Trump on how he handled January 6th. Real issues that I would tell him nose to nose without an ounce of fear. But if you think that I'm going to do away with the four years of success and growth and opportunity and strength and fight against immeasurable odds and with all due respect, Jonathan Swan of Axios, liars like Axios who attacked him 24-7, 365 without a shred of credibility. You didn't have an ounce of truth. The FBI didn't have it. We know about the DNC. We know about what Perkins Coie Law Firm did. We know that Michael Sussman lied to the FBI. We know it. We see it. We have it. You think that does away with the rest? The answer is no. And I could say an event was wrong and terrible and was absolutely bankrupt, that he failed at that moment. And I could see the whole of the man and recognize he's still better for our country than Joe Biden ever has been, is now, or can be. Now I ask you, was that so difficult? Was that so hard? I can answer that question anytime I want. Do you know why? Because I'm not interested if Jonathan Swan is my friend. And I am not interested in proving that I'm the finest gentleman from Kentucky. Mitch McConnell doesn't know how to handle himself when he does this. Well, as a Republican leader of the Senate, it should not be a front-page headline that I will support the Republican nominee for president. After you've said that about him, I think it's astonishing. I I think I have an obligation to support the the nominee of of my party. And um, is there anything I, I could do? I will. That will mean that whoever the nominee is has gone out and earned the nomination. Okay, but Donald Trump earned it last time, and I'm just trying to understand. You know, what you say matters. You're, you're a very important voice in this country. You're the leader of your party, and you seem to hold two concurrent, conflicted no, positions. No, not at all inconsistent. I, not at all inconsistent. I stand by everything I said I, on I understand, but January 6th and everything I said on February the 13th. I understand that, but, but what I want to understand, which I haven't heard you address, is... Because I don't get to pick the Republican nominee for president. They're elected by the Republican voters I, all over the country. I fully understand that, but take Liz Cheney, for example. You she, want to spend some more time on this as well? I, I actually do, because I, I, I actually... <laughs> no, no, I genuinely want to... He is beyond defensive. He's playing defense. And that chuckle, that little bit of nervous laughter that he's got going on right there, that little chuckle that he brings into it. The Republican nominee for president, they're elected by the Republican voters all over the country. I fully understand that, but take Liz Cheney, for example. You want to spend some more time on this as well? I actually do, because I I, I actually... (laughs) No, no, I genuinely want to understand this. I really want to understand how you think about it. That nervous laughter. Right there. 
that is very telling stuff. I mean... <laughs> That's what he sounds like. You didn't answer the question. You danced around and said, why would it be surprising if I supported the Republican? You thought you could just gentleman your way out of the thing. But Jonathan Swan isn't a gentleman. I'm not even saying I'm mad at Jonathan Swan, by the way. You agreed to do the interview and didn't understand that the guy doing the interview is always the enemy. Even in interviews where I like the people, the guy doing the interview is always the enemy. Whether I'm doing, I'm scheduled on Fox this weekend with Mike Emanuel. I think I'm on on Sunday. I'm never mad at Mike Emanuel. The guy's been very, very nice to me. I go into that interview knowing that if I say the wrong thing, I'm screwed. And his job is to capitalize on it. Part of doing these things, doing this punditry work, which, uh, full disclosure, I hate. Oh, I hate punditry. I hate it when I have to do a poll. When I could do like would do it like like when I have to do a panel, I should say. When I could do solo, well then I can actually engage because I don't mind that one on one. But the panel is usually with some guy who gets paid for how much he can scream, and that's just sizzling hot garbage. And I want no, I want no part of that whatsoever. The person doing the interview is the enemy. The person doing the interview is going to hurt you. You must understand this. And that and the way you you handle it is by knowing yourself when you go in. And when you cannot answer the question, when you are not sure, the answer is look, I think you brought up a great point that I had not considered. I'm happy to consider it. Invite me back next week and we'll talk about it. Clearly, cuz sometimes you do get beat. Sometimes you don't have an answer for the question. But the reason Mitch McConnell is forced into this dance is because he wasn't willing to answer the question. Uh. Because Liz Cheney, who has the same view of you as of January 6th, mm -hmm. she said she doesn't want Donald Trump anywhere near the White House and she's going to work to not make that happen because she thinks that there are some things more important than party loyalty. Yeah. Uh, well, you, maybe you ought to be talking to Liz Cheney. Mitch McConnell looks the fool in this interview because it never dawned on him to learn the lessons of Trump and stand strong. And Liz Cheney can argue there are things more important than the party, and I absolutely agree. But wow, did she pick a thing that wasn't. She picked the thing that divided her from the party. And she did it purposefully. Because you could be opposed to what Trump did and still move about going about getting things done for the party, for America. And she decided, nope, I'll take part in what is clearly and obviously political theater and be used in this way. That was her decision. That was her choice. This is what she decided to do. And the question would never have gotten to Liz Cheney if you had just given an answer of strength to begin with. I try not to be angry with Mitch McConnell. This is the guy who kept Merrick Garland off the Supreme Court, and I'm very thankful. But holy cow, did he crap the bed right here. I'm Tony Katz.